Hey everybody and welcome to the ninth episode of Oh Hey Gays. Um, I'm Sally and I'm actually flying solo this week. Um, so that's a nice change. Um, you would not believe what happened this week. I actually got to sit down with one of my favorite singer-songwriters, Monique Bromby, and have a really awesome chat about everything, like being gay, being gay in the music industry, um, one of our favorite movies, Carol. Yeah, guys, she loves Carol as much as I do. Um, so that is something for you to look forward to. Um, it was an amazing chat. Um, Aria award-winning Monique Bromby, brilliant Australian singer-songwriter. I mean, perfect. She's funny. She's smart. Um, she even sings some songs, which is great. It was just a really awesome time. And thank you again, Monique, for being such a legend. Um, so this is what this episode is. Um, I guess you could call it the Monique Bromby episode. Um, and I'm also now calling Monique a friend of the show. Um, so yeah, uh, guys, enjoy this as much as I, I did because, um, yeah, it's a really great chat. Um, cool. Have fun. I just wanted to say that I'm very excited. Um, I had about 25 people wanting to crowd into my apartment today while I did this interview. Um, because so how like, many are there now? There's no one. I didn't tell them when the interview was. I was. I just. I was like, no, no, no one. Nice. I know. Oh, thanks. But that, that makes me feel special. Yeah. So everyone, um, a whole group of people, are just like jealous as hell i guess um <laughs> yeah we're big fans um oh, thank you and my friend sarah who i do the podcast with uh she yeah. wanted to tell me to tell you uh mm-hmm. that she read your coming out story in the inside out book oh yeah and she said it had a profound effect on on her journey and she that's just, really cool yes yeah, that's just, so nice she just wanted to let you know that um, she couldn't be here today, um, but yeah, she just wanted to know how much of an impact that story and that book wow. had. Yeah, so yeah, it was a pretty uh, amazing book. I when I did that interview, I I wasn't really sure. I didn't really think about the ramifications of it. Yeah, that it would be in print forever. <laughs> um, I have a copy <laughs> sitting on my table right now. Right. Yeah. So I was thinking about um, that first kiss the other day mm. um, with a girl yeah. um, when I was really young and <laughs> she was too and she was young and she was the instigator. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think, I think I've been a lesbian ever since then. Yes. <laughs> that <yeah>. moment. <laughs> I, had a, I had a similar experience when I was younger with my, my grandmother's next-door neighbour. Uh, she was also a young girl and I was young. And yeah. I, I thought that I wanted to be her husband, but I didn't yeah. want I didn't want to be a boy, and I couldn't figure out how that worked. Yeah. yeah, it's it's, it's funny. funny, isn't it? Those um those sort of role plays as children, they're indicators when you look back on them as to your sexuality and things. And yeah, you know, I I sort of think I'd still be gay even if Monica Woodhouse hadn't kissed me. But <laughs> I. <laughs> I, I don't know, though, you know, like maybe that was just the awakening that I needed. Yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe it was because then, Do yeah. Know. yeah it, it's... I could be, you know, like married with 
heaps of kids now, if not for that kiss. Yeah, well, thank you for that kiss. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Oh my God, you could have gone down a completely different path. I know. Life could have been very different. I know. Imagine that. Um, yeah. Well, and speaking of that, I read, I read in an article, and I think I read it years ago, that you hid a lot um, of yourself in your 20s, in your early 20s. Yeah, I did. I, I just sort of, I wasn't out to my grandmothers, and um, I didn't. I was at a time too where you know I was in Tassie and I'm back in Tassie now, which I love, but I it wasn't very uh, accepted, you know, um, and I didn't want to hurt them, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, that was the reason for that. And you know, there was a bit of shame around being gay then, and um, I felt embarrassed and I felt worried that I'd hurt my family. I think that was the the reason as to why I sort of went, went through that phase because we're talking, you know, the early 90s, you yeah, know. Yeah, It was a different time um, and I have a lot of, I just have a lot of admiration and respect for people that have, you know, made it their sort of their mission to reach equality. I feel like I've been a small part of that but, you know, there's an activist down here, Rodney Croom, who's just always been just advocating for equality and um, acceptance and, you know, it's just people like that really inspire me. Yeah, absolutely. What about, you know, and how did that go with, like, marriage equality? Like how did you, what did you do in that when that was all happening recently? Um, there was a uh, lots of rallies and things, and I went to um, back to Hobart where I grew up, and I spoke at um, City Hall um, to a packed hall of local people who probably years before wouldn't have really I don't know been accepting or. But it was a broad cross-section of people from the community and it was yeah. really heartening to see that. Um, so, yeah, I was in, involved in that. I was also, um, you know, uh, there was a rally on the, the steps um, of the library in Melbourne and mm. um, I performed a song that I wrote on my last album about uh, marriage equality called Silent War. Yeah. And it was just about, you know, our, our world is, is um, beautiful and colourful as is anyone else's and it, it should be recognised as equal. Um, so, yeah, there were a few things that I was involved in around the time, but I must say um, I have so much love and admiration for Magda Zabansky. I think yeah. through the campaign she was just so, such a fantastic spokesperson and she must have been bloody exhausted. She must have been. She must have slept for a week. <laughs> I reckon. <laughs> so yeah, but I mean, it was it was really. I mean, it was really exhilarating, wasn't it, when they announced it in Parliament? Yeah, it really was. Like I cried. Like I was just a wreck. Like I was. It was just. I didn't think it would affect me as profoundly as it did. I think that was the thing um, about it, wasn't it? Because I was on the yeah. way to work. And I cried in the train. I just read the news article and I thought, wow, yeah. this is, yeah, it's relief and um, 
all that. Yeah, moment. relief yeah. and feeling really, it really struck me, this feeling of I was equal probably for the first time in my life. I felt like that. Yes. And, and it was almost like you didn't know what you didn't have because you didn't have it. But then when you had it, you realised what you'd been missing. Yeah. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Damn right. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll go back to what I was asking you about you hiding your identity. How did that affect, like how did your sexuality affect your music career? Well, it's really hard to say, Sally, because, I mean, because it was everything was happening to me, you know, like I got signed to a record company when I was 21 yeah, and I put out an album and it, you know, it went in the charts and, you know, I was sort of thrust into this spotlight. I I was out from the start, mm. you know. Um, I can't really say how it affected my career, I'd be kind of guessing, but I I always had an inkling that it didn't make things particularly easy for me. <laughs> <laughs> Just had a hunch. Yeah. But, um, but, you know, look, I mean, I couldn't really, uh, you know, you look at songwriters who, you know, write gender-specific songs and things and, you know, um, Major labels, you know, and I was signed to a major label when I was very young, as I just said, they're all about marketability, yeah. you know. How many albums or you can sell? And, and and that's based really on, you know, how well-received a single is. So back then it was, you know, how far in the chart did it go and what were the sales figures like, you yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was right at the end of the analogue era, so it was right sort of at the dawn of, I suppose, the internet, and it was a real crossover time. So there were lots of things that played into um, my journey on, on a major record label. I think that it was hard for people to, um, particularly sort of the misogyny that exists within the industry. Yeah. Um. I don't think it's as bad now, but mind you, I am not in that world so much anymore as an independent artist. But back then it was like, you know, if you can go to the parties and and sort of kiss up to the right guys in suits, you didn't really sort of figure in the tally at the end of the year as to who was a, had been a good girl on the label and, you know, so it was a little bit of that. It was a little bit of, you know, did you go to the parties and yeah. did you play the game? And I was never good at playing the game. I just felt like it was just <laughs> yeah. a bit phony. Yeah, I can I completely um, get that. <laughs> so I honestly don't think my sexuality really had much to do with that. Um, you know, it just more as a person, I just couldn't function in that world very well I, I just found it really narcissistic and quite uh, quite ugly and it, and it was very counterproductive to creativity yeah. really all of that stuff you know yeah absolutely uh, you only you only saw, you make one type of music and I was really into making you know different t- music so I, I think that um yeah everyone's journey is different um there's many many reasons as to you know, why people's lives take these sort of undulations and these twists and turns. I suppose for me it was more about my moral compass and where I felt comfortable 
um, in how I felt uh, I needed to represent myself, you know. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Wow, that's cool. I understand about not being able to play the game. I, I'm, not, I'm not a musician, but I do work in a corporate kind of environment and yep. I just, I'm very bad at playing the game. Yeah, it's sort of, it's just, yeah, it's hard not being able to do it. I've, I've become sort of better at it. Yeah. <laughs> just basically being there for a short time and then spotting your escape route yeah. and then getting out when you can, when no one's looking. Yeah. <laughs> I always I always have that thought in my head, like, okay, two hours, I'm going to be at home in bed. Like, just, yeah. just keep yeah, the end goal. <laughs> So do you think there like there's still a need for LGBT artists to come out or is it I think so yeah, yeah. absolutely I, I think that um, there's also a need um, for people to just become less and less judgmental of people that are different to themselves yeah and that's the same you know in the LGBT community I mean just because you're in you know, just because you're gay doesn't mean you're going to get along with every gay person. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yes, I do. So, <laughs> as an individual, as an individual, you have a choice. So it's like there's no, no one says, oh, there's a straight community. And yeah. I understand why people say there's a queer alternate community because obviously we've had to rise up to get acceptance and, and equality, you know. Mm, yeah. Um, but now there's sort of a feeling that, well, Everyone is an individual and you make your own decisions as to how you conduct yourself. And I think that if an individual chooses to be openly gay in the inception of their career yeah. at the start, then that's their choice. But, again, if they don't want to always have to talk about that, they shouldn't have to either. Yeah, exactly. I, I think that I was I, I, there was always a little bit of that with me. Yeah. Sort of you, could, you, could, you couldn't please everyone. So... You know, you don't talk about your sexuality and people are like, you know, oh, you know, she's not, you know, raving the rainbow flag every time she does an interview. And, <laughs> yeah. Well, you don't have to do that. Like no. my, my, as a human being, my sexuality is one part of me. Yeah. It's not the complete whole of me. It's just one bit. Um, do you know what I'm doing while I'm talking to you? I'm actually polishing a table. <laughs> and I didn't even realise it. I just found myself doing it. I just, anyway, um, <laughs> look, um, I think that, you know, look, it is great for now. You know, look, the younger generations, they don't really don't, I mean, in Australia, they don't really mind, you know, what you – it's not a big focus like it used to, it used to be a big deal, you know. Yeah, it used I don't to be. think it's such a big deal anymore. I mean, we didn't even have any. There were no characters in sitcoms who were gay or anything like that. So, you know, I yeah. only knew Martina Navratilova yeah. uh, was gay. Um, Melissa Etheridge. Yes. Um, a few writers, you know. Yeah. Katie Lang. Swung, yeah, swung around. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think that look, if people, you know, want to, people should be. People should be free to express who they are anyway, as long as it's not hurting anyone else. Like, it's not like you're saying, "Well, yeah, I'm I'm a gay artist, therefore, if you listen to my music, you're going to be gay." Yeah. I mean, these these sort of concepts are sort of. I think people are wise up a bit. Yeah, it's almost like a shared ex- experience, isn't it? Like, because I know I was about eighteen 
so that would have been 98 when I sort of discovered, say, your music. Um, yeah. And someone like Katie Lang at that stage really scared me, um, I think because she was so gay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's really strange. Like there's obviously a lot of. I know what you mean. Yeah. I know what you mean because it was confronting. Yes. And this is the thing that people don't talk about. Even as a lesbian, it's con- it was confronting, you know, because we weren't exposed to it. Yes, yes. You know, so this is a thing too. It's like just because you're gay doesn't mean that you've always been 100% comfortable with being gay. It's really hard for a lot of people who are gay that wish they weren't because, you know, that maybe they haven't had the opportunity to experience the things that they would have experienced if they hadn't have been gay, like have family with yeah. a partner that they're going to spend the rest of their life with and have children with that person and yeah. be, I don't know, just be always accepted for who you are, I suppose. Yeah, and not have, and never doubt that for a second. Like Never doubt it for a second. You don't even think about it. You know what, Sally? Mm. I think that's one of the really good things that came about from the, um, the postal vote Yeah, was that it actually got people who, you know, like people that have known me my whole life, it said, I've never given it that depth of thought before, Mom. I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry. Like, I had no idea you... you it must yes. have been really hard going through that, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I think that um, it opened up people's eyes to just how difficult it, it, it was um, being discriminated against for your whole life. Yeah. I, and, um, yeah. Yeah. We did a, an episode, uh, the, one of the first ones was about coming out, and I was sort of saying, like, it is that there used to be that sort of, situation where you'd meet somebody for the first time in whatever situation it was and yeah. you'd have to you'd, you'd wonder like you'd say well I just yeah I need to tell you that I'm gay like it's okay if you don't want to be my friend because of that yeah it was that sort of shame yeah and it's like yeah, now I'm gonna tell them yeah. yeah now it doesn't matter at all now I'd be like oh get stuffed like okay yeah. yeah exactly I mean look times have changed a lot and I think that they're I think that there's still a long way to go for acceptance just for with the human the way the way we are as humans, just our conditioning. Like we we find it very hard to I don't know. Some people find it very hard to think outside of their own lives. Yeah. I um and I think that that goes for I don't think sexuality comes into that, but I just think as people people we need to evolve. We need to be better. Um we've got to be now more than ever, more compassionate and more thoughtful of others and more giving of our own stuff because we've sort of developed this society here in Australia where it's all about, you know, who gets what and, you know. Um, yeah, who what, deserves what, can, what. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Like this sort of status around materialistic things and I suppose people have always been like that but I just think we, we need to be better now. Oh, and it doesn't bring it, you know, what what is happiness? And I'm striving to be as happy as often as I can. Yeah. And it's not possible to be happy all the time. But that's really my – one of my goals is to just maintain some sense of well-being, you know. Yeah. And I think that's a great goal. Like, and if you keep that in yeah. mind, I think it then – Yeah, I think so. Recognise when you – Recognise when you need help, when yes. you know, and I think that that's the thing. Like, uh, growing up gay, I just learned to deal with stuff in my own head. Yeah, it, yeah. you know, like you sort of internalise stuff, and 
and you you sort of paint a sort of a picture of yourself and and also too at that time when I was coming out a lot of people you know like say 15 16 when I was 17 that age and I first started dating girls you know yeah. we were all damaged yes like we all had low self-esteem inside even yeah. though we might not have presented that or we all felt um scared or ashamed or we had some negative feelings around who we were and that leads to sort of you know quite volatile first relationships as well it's not really ever really talked about for young um gay men and women no it's not Um, you know like that that we actually a lot of us have come from places of trauma um, around our sexuality it's not so much now maybe but maybe it still is but I definitely felt that at the time like if you came out in 1990 you know yeah at school oh. I mean you just you just have to just cope with people just being just talking about you know like and feeling really ostracized mm. and um, there were two girls that came out at my school. Um, at school or one particularly mm. and I just thought she was so brave like I I actually thought that was really brave of her to do that um god yes you know at that time yeah like this is 1990 so yeah things are different now I know they are but around the world you know people have got all sorts of adversity to overcome and I just don't think people should ever be defined by one part of themselves and and people are constantly changing as well and evolving. I mean, I feel like a completely different person now to the person that I was when I, you know, when I first put out records. Mm. And then the part of you still lives, though, in you, you know. And I think music's amazing like that because it documents times in people's lives. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, there, it's there documenting what, you know, who you were then. Um, for everyone to see, you know, what's <laughs> normal, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I no, I agree with that. And I, I think with your albums I've found that as well. So um do you think that that music has helped change attitudes though towards LGBT people? Um it's funny when he asked me that. I, I came across this song um and it was by an artist called Judith Small, I think her name is. And I just was struck by it because I think it was um, it was uh, le- the lyrics were lesbian, lesbian. I can be a lesbian. <laughs> Two women in the night. What a beautiful sight! You could be a lesbian. Two women in the night. Erotica delight. You can be a lesbian. Lesbian, lesbian. <laughs> I can be lesbian. So wow. People are really singing about it. I don't know if I've ever been that overt <laughs> in my lyric writing. So you're not um, gonna you're not gonna do a cover of it next <laughs> next album? Or? Oh man, it just Matt, oh man, I wept, I wept. I was on the floor. <laughs> I just thought it was brilliant. I thought it was great. It's amazing, um, yeah. It is amazing. <laughs> I think you should um, cover it. <laughs> <laughs> I did a song um, with a band called the Redheads. I did a um, vocal. Called on a song called "Old Ladies in Love," and that was sort of a, a punk band, yeah. a fun punk band from Melbourne. 
um, in the late 90s. And um, they asked me to do the vocal on Old Ladies in Love and it was basically about um, women as they, you know, as they get older, finding love in, in relationships with one another. Um, and that was really cool and it was just the chorus was just, Old ladies, old ladies in love, old ladies. And I had these verses that were like, old ladies dressed in green and purple. They ain't no members of no sewing circle. Tonight old ladies are out looking for some action. So many ladies loving old ladies. I got a feeling that it's catching. Um, it was just hilarious doing that. Michael. So people. Sally, people are writing about lesbians um, and I've always written about lesbians but my um, my lyrics are sort of, um, you know, a little bit more, yeah, open to interpretation I suppose. Yeah, I, yeah, I would say that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what your question was but I hope I answered it. I think <laughs> – I don't even know now too because I've been laughing too much. Uh, <laughs> so I, I think I'm pretty much done, but I did want to ask you about your yeah. favourite gay movie. Because mine is Recently. Carol. Oh, is what? Mine's Carol. Oh, my God. So is mine. Oh, my God. My re- I was about to say, well, my recent favourite gay movie is that. Yeah. Um, I love that movie. Oh I just God, think yeah. if you are a lesbian and you don't like that movie, there's something wrong with you. Yeah, like, I agree. And you should seek um, help. It's yeah. incredible and it's just it just captures the, the trepidation and the um, the worry and the all of that. I really related to that. Yes, me too. Um, I finished great. it. When I finished it, I was like breathless. I was like, I know, me too. I just thought the end, that last shot. Oh. And you know how the camera goes sort of wonky at yeah. the end? Yeah. You notice that? Mm-hmm. Yep. What's with that? <laughs> do, you, do you know what I reckon? What? I reckon with that last shot, I reckon they, they, they were editing, and at the very end of the film, they were like, Kate's just got that look. That's the look, but that's the only shot of it that we got. And yeah. Kate's gone, you've got to use that. You've got to use that shot. You have to use that shot. You've got to use that shot. <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm just guessing, but I'm making this up in my mind because I did obsess over it for quite some time. Did you? Um, wow. but no, I, I love that film. And when I was younger, I loved um, – I love The Hunger. Have you ever seen that? I don't think a, I have. It's a vamp, lesbian vampire movie. Oh. And it's um, Susan Sarandon. Which is, uh, it was from the 80s, I think. Yeah. Susan Sarandon, Catherine Deneuve. Oh, okay. Um, and David Bowie. Oh, my um, God. What? Yeah, it's yeah. really cool. And it's, um, yeah, a lesbian vampire movie um, called The Hunger. I really liked that. Oh, I just wrote that down. Well. I'm going to check yeah, it out. Yeah, check it out. It's, yeah, it's kind of, it's quite dark, but it's, um, yeah, it's quite good. Thank you so much. That's all right, Sally. Lovely to talk with you. This has been, yeah, yeah this has been incredible. Like, you, you were just, like, the best interview subject ever. <laughs> Thanks. Like, yeah, I know that we're just, like, like, I'm not blowing smoke either. It's just, like. That's nice. I've had such I a good time. We did have a good chat. It was quite yeah, fun. it was really fun. <laughs> all right, thank you so much. No worries. You have a good day. You too. Bye. Hey, guys. Um, didn't I tell you it was great? It was perfect. I loved it. 
Um, and full disclosure, I uh, rang all my friends afterwards and screamed about how great it was. Um, ridiculous, I know. Um, if you go to MoniqueBromby.com, um, you can find out everything. Tours, info, everything you need to find out about Monique Bromby, you can find there. Um, you should definitely go there. Um, next week is our last episode for the season. Um, I can't believe we've nearly done 10 episodes. So if you've missed any, um, head to the website or iTunes or Radio Public or Stitcher or SoundCloud. Um, we're all over that. Um, and you can listen to uh, about the time that I went down a porn rabbit hole uh, in the porn episode. That was a that was a pretty crazy week. Um, mental health, sexual health coming out, um, relationships, uh, everything. So... We pretty much talk about anything and everything, so um, you'll find that collection uh, on the website and stuff. Anyway, thank you um, for listening, and uh, see you next week. Bye.